For those of you who don't know what the cooperative program is, the cooperative program is basically the pool of the 45,000 Southern Baptist churches giving in a pool of money that funds 5,000 international missionaries and it funds missionaries like myself and Mitch Whitten. And because of that, the gospel can go out all over the world. And you guys give to that, this offering that you just took up, money out of that goes to the cooperative program. And so we just want to say thank you for that. We also want to say thank you for giving the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. So Annie Armstrong was a missionary who lived in the late 1800s and 1900s. She was six foot three, but she was very gentle, and she was a great communicator. In 1893, it was said that she wrote 18,000 letters. That's before Macs or PCs or any of the high-tech digital equipment we have today. So she was a communicator, and she lived in the Baltimore area. And today we call it the Annie Armstrong Easter Offering, and it goes around the United States and North America to fund missionaries. And a lot of what we're talking about are things that you've already been helping with, even though you may have never met me before today, you've already been a partner in the gospel. So taking a look here as we move to this next slide, this is the passage I want to focus on as we get started. And so uh, we, we talk about different fears in America, right? We know we've got the, the fear of public speaking is said to be number one fear, fear of death, number two. Uh, my number one fear is people falling asleep while I'm talking. Okay, so to counter that measure, if I ask you if you will read aloud these passages with me, I just have a few today, and that makes you, also helps you, many educators say when you read things aloud, it sticks in your mind. So if you could read this with me, I thank my God. So that's the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the Philippians. He's in the Roman jail. He's in less than stellar conditions. In fact, it's pretty rough where he's at. But if you read Philippians all the way through, if you read the New Testament all the way through, you find out that the gospel spreads. Even though he's in a dungeon, the gospel somehow spreads to the guards and, and it spreads to the imperial guard, the people who guard the high-level people. And so it's just amazing what happens. This partnership in the gospel, of course, he's able to write letters to the churches that he's been at. And if you look at the New Testament, that's what the New Testament is, is Paul writing letters to these churches. So this partnership in the gospel. So even though you've never met me before today, we have a partnership in the gospel. And, that, and that, to me, that's pretty awesome. The unity, the oneness in Christ that we have through that as Southern Baptists. So this is, a, this is where I am at in Southern Wisconsin. If you know, back in the old days, I grew up in the Bobby Knight area when, when Indiana beat up on Wisconsin, and now the tables are turned, aren't they? <laughs> Wisconsin beats up on Indiana. But Madison, Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin, the Badgers, that's in the heart of our association. Some of you may have been to the Wisconsin Dells, the water park capital of the world. That's in our association. And it extends over to the Mississippi River. We have about 30 churches in our association with about 1.6 million people, about 20 counties. This is what we talk about, how to be on mission. Prayer, people, provisions. So we actually have partners from around the United States that come and help us. And we actually have also stepping out and helping association out in Utah as well. But just real simple, how can you be, this covers everything. Prayer, people, provisions. This is my family, my wife Debbie, who I've been married to for 23 years. My sons, Kenny and Josh, 
They're a little bit taller than that now. And I do want to let you know, Debbie is actually with uh, her family in St. Louis right now. We had a nephew that fell 20 feet from a deer stand, and he's paralyzed from the waist down. He had an accident last week. So that's where uh, she and Josh are at, and Kenny is back in Wisconsin working. This is a little bit about of our association. So if a lot of you guys think of, when you think of Wisconsin, you think of the Green Bay Packers who are not having their best year ever this year, but that's the Bay Lakes Association. The Twin Cities Metro is the Minneapolis area. If any of you have been to the largest mall in the world, the Mall of America. And we're Southern Wisconsin. To give you an idea how big this is, it's so big, the state of Ohio can fit in the Northwoods Association. We have about 192 churches in two states with about 10.5 million people. To compare that to Indiana, you have about 400 churches in a state of about 4 or 5 million people. So if you take a look here, this is some reasons that you might think about coming and checking us out in Wisconsin. Snowmobiling, Polaris, uh, the industries. Uh, Roseau is up in northern Minnesota. Many snowmobile trails all over. For those of you that do not like the winter, don't like the cold, it's okay. Global warming's on our side. Okay? So dairy farms, I know you got a lot of them down here, but we have, we, we have an awful lot of dairy farms up there. And that's the landscape. Of course, we trade back and forth with who makes the most cheese, us or California. But we still know who makes the best cheese, right? Wisconsin. So here we go. This is Camp Randall Stadium where the Badgers play. And I don't think Jesus is up in heaven, God's up in heaven, and he's looking down and saying, go Badgers or go Hoosiers. I don't think he's doing that. Or go Boilermakers. I think he's looking down and saying, you know what, those people are lost and hopeless without a shepherd. As we talked about earlier, we need a Savior. And he looks down, and you know, you know, like I just think about on a game day at Camp Randall Stadium, like yesterday was a game day. Do you know how many people get arrested on game day? you know how many people are inebriated or intoxicated? And Jesus looks down and says, they're, they need, they're hopeless and helpless, and the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would raise up laborers. And I, you know, that is my prayer as I go everywhere. And so, like, I still have a great heart for Indiana. It's very encouraging for me today to come in here to Crothersville and to see this work here. Because I know this is not the way it was when I was here uh, over 25 years ago. If you take a look at the lostness of North America, the green represents the strongest Southern Baptists. This is according to the latest research by the North American Mission Board, population to churches of Southern Baptists per SBC congregation. So if you take a look at this map, you'll see a lot of the green is where Southern Baptists are. You say, well, why are Wyoming and Montana, why why are so many churches in there? You know why? Because a lot of people took their vacations there and went fly fishing or hunting in Wyoming and Montana. Many people got saved, churches got started, all kinds of good things happened. If you look at Indiana, you guys are in yellow. You know how the gospel tails off. You get over the Ohio River, the gospel tails off. It's not like Kentucky where there's several thousand churches in the state of Kentucky. And then Wisconsin, you know, we have that 200 churches. So to give you a little stat, this next slide will show you. Here in Indiana, for the population, you have one Southern Baptist church for every 14,725 people. Okay, what would you guess Wisconsin might be? We're a little bit behind. We're at 50,000 people. So there's just much less gospel representation 
up there. People preaching a gospel that where people can get saved, come into the kingdom, you know, through Jesus' blood. But one thing that we're after is, is start new churches because for whatever reason, new churches grow faster than existing churches. And so that's what we do. And we talk about the solution is this. This is a, a good friend of ours, Pastor Jose Espinal in the orange shirt. And you actually have these partners coming to you now in North Carolina. So Jose Espinal is part of the Greater Cleveland County Association, about an hour west of Charlotte. They came for nine summers in a row. But guess where they're coming now? Because Mitch is a good friend, and I know you're good people. The North Carolina people said, we want to come to a shorter distance. They're coming to you. Here he is witnessing this young man came to Christ at one of our block parties. But this is the heart of the matter. This is the solution, seeing people come to Christ. This is people coming alongside our pastors, uh, just uh, coming to an existing church as Pastor Buddy Moorhead on the left and Pastor David Smith, one of our guys on the right, do construction. This church here actually got gutted, everything. This church is one block from Camp Randall Stadium in the heart of Madison. All kinds of great things happen because of this roof project. This is the heart of our association, Madison. So they call it 94 square miles surrounded by reality. They call it the Berkeley of the Midwest. But it's also a very beautiful city, as you can see. For those of you that might have heard of Frank Lloyd Wright, an architect, he designed that building that's along the water. And Madison is the heart of our association. It's about a half a million people. And the world has come to Madison. This flag, these flags are on the University of Wisconsin's campus in a graduate area. And you see every country of the world is represented. And you know what? You might say, you know, we, we don't have any of those people here in Jackson County. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. <laughs> you, you're, you have a very international community here. And it's growing all the time. And so the same things that are happening to us are happening to you. And we take a look at this as we take a look. Here's some of the things that have been going on, how God's been at work. These are the Hmong people, H-M-O-N-G. If we have Vietnam veterans here today, they fought on our side in the Vietnam War. They were CIA agents for us. They did all sorts of things. They protected our people, our soldiers. This is a, a good friend of mine, a Hmong elder, Lopal Vang, baptizing a number of children. One day we've helped this church, United Hmong Baptist Church, as they've come along and we've seen their church grow and people get saved at their church. This is a, a Liberians. The Africans are all, all over the place in Madison. This is Pastor Julius Brent in the orange. They're giving out a gift card to a guy named Chester. And this guy named Chester was at a block party. You see our block party trailer in the background? He got saved that day. He got this gift card. He actually was semi-homeless. He was living in his car. And he became part of this church. And this church helped him get his feet on the ground as well. You take a look at this picture. This guy's named Meskerum Trango Thomas. Spent a lot of time with Thomas over the last couple years. He's Ethiopian. If any of you have heard of World Vision, he worked for World Vision. And uh, he actually went around the country with Max Licato. Max Licato wrote about him. But Thomas, we're blessed to have him. He is starting an Ethiopian church in Madison. And one thing that happened over the last month or two, you'll see here we had a block party. This is right on the water's edge in Madison. We had a number of our people helping. And so we had people from Ethiopia, the country above them, Eritreans. And you say, well, why do you need all this international work? Why do you need these? Because guess what? We don't speak Amharic. <laughs> At least I don't know anybody that does yet except Thomas and, and the people in his church. And this is what we call the heart language, starting these international churches. 
We had a number of people from other churches help pull this off, and they saw increase take place. This is Jesse Beerning. Jesse is in Janesville, Wisconsin. So if any of you have heard of Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, his hometown is Janesville, Wisconsin. That's where, that's where Paul Ryan lives. It's, it's a city of about 60,000 people. There's not one Southern Baptist church there. And so Jesse has gone through assessment. His wife actually has, he and his wife has six kids. They actually have two more on the way. And their very first couple that became part of the church has nine kids. So they're up to around 30 people right now in their core group. So we talked about, well, how could somebody go help Jesse? Well, they could go help him in a lot of different ways with, with children's ministry. This is Aaron Joswack and his wife Tia and their three kids. This is one of the great success stories for us. They came six years ago, and they came on a day in Wisconsin. You know, it's known to get a little bit cold. It was, it was five below zero. They unloaded their moving truck on January 1st, 2010. Today, their church averages over 125 people. They've sent about two dozen people out all over the world. So they have, we have missionaries in the Middle East, in South America, all over the world, and then we, they send out mission teams as well. And you'll see, Aaron, this is a great church in many ways. This is him when they first started. And, you know, they, when they first started, he stands at the pulpit like that, and you'll see a number of people in line. They're signing the church covenant. And the church covenant is basically saying, you know, I'm going to come to church, I'm a part of a small group, I'm going to give, etc., etc. But he also says, you know what? We've had all these church plants in Madison die over the years. We had not had an English-speaking church plant live since 1965. And he says, all these churches have died in Madison. So before you join this church, I hope you're ready to die. Now how about that for a church invitation? But you know what? People took him up on the challenge, and you'll see these guys here. I've gotten to know these guys and many more since then that have become part of that church and part of that fabric, and, and they live very sacrificial lives where it's not a church to be comfortable, but it's a church to be sent out in Madison and, and, and beyond. And, and today, that, this church is actually planning churches in Madison. They're part of us getting a brand new Hispanic church started. And as I shared with you earlier, people have gone out all over the world as individuals from this church. This is Trey Turner. This is a pastor who is in Texas. We have a strong partnership, uh, in many strong partnerships in Texas. And here he is baptizing a 12-year-old boy. This boy came to Christ when some groups from Texas came and from Illinois came over a couple-week period of time several years ago. This family found out about a block party taking place, and then they had vacation Bible school after the block party. This little boy comes to Christ. His family comes to Christ. The mission team buys him a bicycle. And, you know, you talk about Jesus helping in the sweet by and by. He also helps in the nasty now and now, doesn't he? This is another reason you should come to Wisconsin. The water park capital of the world is in our association. So this is, we have more than... 30 outdoor water parks, more than 20 indoor water parks. This is the Wilderness, which is one of the largest ones in the Dells. It's the same place where H.H. Uh, H. Bennett did his photography. This is, a, this is an individual who really represents part of what we talk about when we talk about partnership in the gospel. Her name is Jen, Jen Selbach. She came to Christ about 12 years ago. 
She has tattoos. You don't see it in this picture just a little bit. You see the tattoos on her neck? She has tattoos from her neck to her toes. And she wanted to know, she came to a pastor and said, hey, would I be accepted in your church? I've got tattoos all over my body. And he says, you know what? We're going to love on you no matter what. And, and she came to that church. She was witness to, you know, she and her husband were on the verge of a divorce. All kinds of bad things were happening at their house. You know, they had small little children. And she comes to Christ. And she, as you see, uh, a couple years later, we see that her husband, this is her husband, uh, and Jared. And Jared, we found out a couple years later, he, he, he basically, we prayed and prayed for him. But one day when Jared was still not saved, his little daughter, one of these little girls, tugged on his shirt and said, Dad, you know what, I'm real sad today because you're not going to be in heaven with Mommy and me. And he said, you know what, I need to take care of that. And he, you know, he started to cry. He went and saw this pastor. He got saved. And our family had a chance to be with uh, Jared on his baptism day here with Jen. You see the two little girls. But I just want to let you know, that's not the end of that story. Because you, you change, the gospel changes the life, but it also changes the family tree. And if you take a look at this next picture, this is this family today. You see these girls have grown up a lot. And that little girl in the middle is a little foster girl they've adopted. And you think, now this, this family went from like on the verge of a divorce <laughs> to getting saved, seeing their life turned around, their own girls get raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Then we see they adopt the foster girl. But we're not done with this family yet. Because <laughs> guess what? This family's been part of this church plant in the Wisconsin Dells. And this is Aaron Ramquist and his wife Amanda and Jen and her family were part of their core group. And we've seen this little church here take off for us over the last couple years. Aaron is a graduate of Multnomah Seminary out in Oregon. And he has been a, a major blessing to us. In this next picture you see, here he is baptizing a, a young girl. When I was there at the Wisconsin River, her name is Tiara. And Tiara shared her testimony the day I was there. And she had been involved in all sorts of bad stuff. You name it. And there she is you know, coming out of the waters of baptism, and her life is now, her trajectory of her life is now pointed in a new direction. So, as we take a look at this, we talk about why have a partnership? You know, when we talk about partnership, you know, we say, oh man, we, we, we're, we're too small. We're in southern Indiana. We can't have a partnership. <laughs> we got too much cooking. Well, these are reasons to have a partnership, because your impact is greater when you have a single focus, isn't it? Uh, you can do a whole lot more as a sending church. You can see the fruit. And then relationships are built that encourage hearts. So like if I look back and say, what's the greatest fruit of all the partnerships we've had? It's our, our pastors and our members of our churches have been greatly encouraged by all the people they've met. And I've given you the highlights in a short amount of time, the number of people getting saved. But you know, that stuff takes a long time to happen. But these things here are why I have a partnership. What can you do to be on mission? It's these three things. It's prayer, people, provisions. But you know, I just don't want you to think about Wisconsin today. I want you to think about Crothersville. Could you do this in Crothersville? Prayer, people, provisions. Could you do this with another church in the state of Indiana? Somebody that's less fortunate than you. Now, just to make sure you're still with me, we believe that this is uh, one of the major verses that Southern Baptists have because we believe that we are a sent people. Jesus, these are some of his last words on earth.
And this is, comes from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. They call it the Acts 1-8 challenge when he empowers us. So if you'll read this out loud with me. But you... And if we take a look at this, and this next piece here, what are your Jerusalems and Judeas? Well, we got Crothersville. You got all of Jackson County. I know you live on the border of a county. What's our county next to us here? Scott County. So you could throw Austin in there, right? You know, Austin makes national news, and it's not for good reasons. (laughs) So is the gospel needed in Austin? You betcha, as we say in Wisconsin. Take a look back there. Go back to that slide. I'm sorry. You're Samaria, Kentucky, or Wisconsin. Think about a place that you just don't like. Okay? Are there any IU fans here, or is it all Kentucky fans here? Okay. <laughs> but think about a place that, that, that is out of your way that you don't think of. And then the ends of the earth, international. Now, people have said this in church a long time. They say, well, I think Jesus meant that we do one first, and then the second, then the third, then... We'd work it like that. But you know what? We find that that's not, that's not the case. We saw the New Testament church went all over the known world in the first century. They did not wait. They did not say, oh, we've got to wait till we build up here at First Baptist Jerusalem. We've got to wait till the building's paid off or what have you. They went out. And then God blesses when you go out. When your church is on mission, God blesses you. God blesses you as individuals and as a church corporately. Now, if you take a look at this, this is a... This is some specific ways, and I know uh, Mitch has ways that you can be on mission here in southern Indiana helping other churches, but take a vision tour. Get outside your own box. Go see another church, a a church plant that needs your help. Ask God how you can be involved here in North America and overseas, and and give generously. Give, give Give out of your abundance. You know, so little goes so far on the mission field. Uh, people are so appreciative. I can't tell you. You know, I, I can just remember a few years ago, my wife got a letter from a, a church in Kentucky. And, you know, she had had a hard day. And it was written from the WMU, from a church in Kentucky. If anybody doesn't know what that is, that's like a women's missions group. And it had the signatures of all the ladies on this letter. And it said, you know, just a real simple letter. It said, just know we're, we're encouraged. We just want to encourage you. We're just so thankful for you. My wife opened up the letter. She just started crying. But I can tell you story after story like that where it's just amazing how much that goes. Now, you might say to me, well, Mark, what are you doing? Are you, as my, fa- my family's here today, they, they say, are you practicing what you're preaching? <laughs> well, here's what we're doing. This is a picture of the Mormon tabernacle. If anybody doesn't know anything about Mormons, let's just say this. They're far from Christian. Mormons are not Christian. Mormons are one of the leading cults in the world, one of the most dangerous phenomenons ever to ever exist. It's really Satan has built this place. And we have said, we have gotten so many missionaries, so many teams have come our way. A lot of our people have said, we need to go somewhere. So we're going to the Salt Lake Baptist Association. We actually sent two mission teams last summer. We do some other stuff year-round. And we're in a partnership with these guys in Salt Lake to penetrate this darkness of the, of the Mormon stronghold. So if you see this next slide, here's a, here's a piece 
just want to share with you that we believe the gospel is advancing. So we, we see the gospel advancing out in Salt Lake City. We've seen people, uh, just all sorts of things take place, lives being changed out there even. And that the gospel keeps advancing. And, and the Apostle Paul in this text talks about in Philippians chapter 1, and I would encourage you to read the whole book of Philippians this afternoon, this week, and you can actually read more about this, about how the whole imperial guard gets this. So, in a lively, enthusiastic manner now, I would like for you to help me read this last passage on the advance of the gospel. So if you could, I want you to know, brothers... So, that is my goal for us, is that we would speak the word without fear. Now, here is my journey in a nutshell. I was born in Seymour, grew up in Brownstown. I went to Indiana State University. But God took me to Florida as an intern when I was in college. I worked down there for several years. And then I went out to school in California in the San Francisco Bay Area, Golden Gate Baptist Theological Seminary, one of the six seminaries that you support as Southern Baptists. Then I, I moved back home. I finished at Southern I've, lived in, I've served in churches in Panama City, Tallahassee, Florida. I, then I went to the metro New York area, to New Jersey, and then back to Wisconsin. So I've lived coast to coast and north to south. So would you, would you, would you give me the, the fact that God has given me favor and allowed me to move, right? Would you now allow God to move today? Whatever God, God might be calling somebody here to do something beyond this church. God might be calling somebody in this church to say, hey, we need to do something as a church somewhere else. We, we need to get on the stick as First Baptist Crothersville. So I would just like to do this as we do this today. And I just want to always note that in a setting this size, and I know we have many of the saints here, but somebody may have never heard the gospel clearly. And the gospel is simply the Easter story of Jesus coming to earth to live his life, to die for our sin, and if we accept him into our lives and the work and the accomplishment that he did on the cross is our substitutionary atonement, we can live with him in eternity through the power of his resurrection. And so if you've never had that happen to you, if you've never become a Christian, that's, that's the starting point today. If that, if that message rings true to you and you say, hey, yes, I want to get that message out to the whole world. I want to get that message out to North America where the, where the, where the darkness is and the light is not. I just pray that you would allow God to move during this invitation today. I, pray, I really do. I pray that God would just work. It would not just be words. And as was mentioned during the singing, the worship time, it really is the Father, the Holy Spirit that draws people to him. It's, it's, it's not me. And I do want to let you know that I'm going to be in prayer for you guys as First Baptist Crothersville. So right now, I just pray that you would, you just bow with me, and then we will uh, have a time of invitation. Father, I do just thank you for the saints gathered here. Lord, I thank you for anybody here that is without Christ, Lord, that has heard the gospel this morning. I pray that all of us, Lord, would respond to your words from Philippians. Lord, that you would, Lord, just help us to be partners in the gospel and to advance the gospel. 
as it goes out. And Lord, that you would empower us. It's not, not of our own power, but you would empower us to speak the word without fear through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I, and, I, and I pray uh, just empowerment on all the saints here as they go out these doors this morning. Just thank you for our time together. Just ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.